The theme for today is God's heart for us. And our Bible reading is from Matthew chapter 5, verses 21 to 37. You have heard that it was said to the people long ago, Do not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with his brother will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to his brother, Raka, is answerable to the Sanhedrin. But anyone who says you fall will be in danger of the fire of hell. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to your brother. Then come and offer your gift. Settle matters quickly with your adversary who is taking you to court. Do it while you are still with him on the way, or he may hand you over to the judge, and the judge may hand you over to the officer, and you may be thrown into prison. I tell you the truth, you will not get out until you have paid the last penny. You have heard that it was said, do not commit adultery, but I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. It has been said, anyone who divorces his wife must give her a certificate of divorce. But I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife, except for marital unfaithfulness, causes her to become an adulteress. And anyone who marries the divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you have heard that it was said to the people long ago, do not break your oath, but keep the oaths you have made to the Lord. But I tell you, do not swear at all, either by heaven, for it is God's throne, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make even one hair white or black. Simply let your yes be yes and your no, no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. This is the word of the Lord. Last time I was here, what did we do? We dwelt in the Word. We're going to do that again in a minute. The church makes many claims about God, right? About who God is, what God does, and what God is like. And the biggest claim of all 
Come on, have a guess. What's the biggest claim about God of all? The one that is the core of all its claims is that God is... Oh, cool. What was that? God is love. Above all else, God is love. Hmm. Interesting. We sing songs of love. Didn't we start off with one today? God so loved the world. Hymns of, about the God of love. We pray to the God of love, don't we? We're called to offer the gift of ourselves, actually, to the God of love. And then today, we heard the gospel reading. And you followed it. And what's it speak about? God's law. Hmm. I mean, one can be challenged by phrases such as, if you call a brother or sister, you fool, you'll be liable for the hells of fire. Or if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. Yeah, right. And it's better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to go into hell. I mean, are these really the words from a God of love? Words from the very heart of God made flesh, Jesus Christ. And guess what? Yes, they are. And they're not words like those, you know, well, if you read it in the original Greek text, it sounds very different. No. There isn't a way to get around the meanings that these, this text speaks about. No, we're called to get to the very heart of what it's saying. And as we do, you realise we actually get a glimpse at the heart of God. Ah, what you talk about, Wayne. If God is a God of love, this is about a God of love? Let's listen to the heart of God. We're going to dwell in this word. I'm going to read it out again. Very slowly. And I'm going to allow Holy Spirit to speak into your lives to give you one thing that catches your attention as you hear it about this God of love. This heart of God for you. Listening to, the, to God's heart. On the mountain, Jesus gathered his disciples around him and taught them, saying, You have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, You shall not murder. And whoever murders shall be liable to judgment. But I say to you that if you are angry with a brother or sister, you will be liable to judgment. And if you insult a brother or sister, you'll be liable to the council. And if you say, you fool, you will be liable to the hell of fire. So when you are offering your gift at the altar, if you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother or sister and then come and offer your gift. 
Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are on the way to court with him. Or your accuser may hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard and you will be thrown into prison. Truly, I tell you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. You've heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out, throw it away. It's better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to go into hell. It was also said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that anyone who divorces his wife, except on the ground of unchastity, causes her to commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, you shall not swear falsely, but carry out the vows you have made to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by earth, the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let your word be yes, yes, or no, no, any more than this comes from the evil one. So what caught your attention as you heard it a second time, although in a little bit different version? Or did you come up with a question? <coughs> Excuse me, <coughs> that you need an answer for. Now, we all know the joys of listening to the sounds of the heart, don't we? We have perhaps felt, even heard the sound of our own hearts beating in excitement. Anyone had that happen? Yeah? No? Obviously your hearts don't beat. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, some of us have perhaps heard the heartbeat of a baby not yet born. Yes? But already audible and very much alive. We know that listening to our hearts can give us a diagnosis of a healthy or an unhealthy heart. True? But we also know the heart is more than a vital physical organ. You see, when the Bible speaks of the heart, it means so much more than just emotions. It's true that we feel our emotions in our hearts, right? True? But we also think and reason in our hearts. And even act 
from our hearts. You realise? Our heart is the centre of our personality. <clears throat> the seat of our fundamental commitments. The control centre of the whole person. Heart means the core of ourselves in all our most vibrant aspects. The human heart as the centre of loving, of compassion, of tenderness, of courage. Yes? Our language knows this. We often say to people, what? Take heart. In other words, be assured. And when you have a change of heart, you've had a shift in perspective, right? A shift of plans, perhaps. A significant change in your outlook. What is, it, what is in the heart actually determines what we think, do, feel, since our mind, our will, free will, and our emotions, which I call the soul, right, are... Centered there in the heart. I mean, heart is the center of memory. To know something by heart is to know it what? Off by heart. It means perfectly, right? Heart is the center of yearning and desire. To seek with your whole heart is to pursue, search for diligently, strive for something that all the perseverance you can muster, right? Has that been your experience? I mean, we listen to the songs of our hearts and of God's heart, and we can do it in this reading. Oh, come on, Wayne, what are you talking about? Really, you can. But Jesus is sitting with his disciples, right? teaching them what it means to follow in the path that he would have them walk. He's giving words to the love song of God's heart. We hear the section on the Sermon of the Mount, because this is the third part of it, right? The first part where Jesus had gathered with his disciples near the Sea of Galilee. Can you picture it? If not, watch The Chosen just a couple of chapters ago. You'll get an idea of what it might have looked like. Um, they'd climbed up the hills above the lake. Jesus began to teach them how he'd come to fulfill through them all that he was about to tell them. Hear that? Did you hear what I just said? Jesus is going to teach them how he came to what? Fulfill through them all that he was about to tell them. And that the first thing that Jesus taught his disciples is about true joy versus temporary happiness. Then after teaching his disciples about joy, he said, you are my disciples. You, my disciples, live in a very corrupt world. It's a messed up world all around you. So through me, you, my disciples, are to be the salt of the earth. So the first part of the Beatitudes is blessed. We sang about it, right? The second part is about being salt. Of the earth. You've got to give flavour. You ought to be the moral preservative just as salt preserves fish and meat at that time. To help society from decaying morally. <clears throat> Gee, we've got some work to do. 
But not only are you to help society from decaying, through me you are to be the light to the world. My light to the world. You are, you are to be the light of God and show people how to walk in my ways. You are to be light to people's paths and show people the difference between right and wrong. And you are, you are to show people how to live in this world of ours. You are to be the soul of the earth. You are to be the light of the world. And Jesus had finished with these topics about true joy. Blessed are you if this, this, and this, and this. About salt and light, he continues with this statement, I have come not to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. And if your righteousness does not surpass that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. And this isn't lost, actually, on our modern ears. I mean, those scribes and Pharisees are pretty righteous. Hmm? And so what follows is today's reading, the illustrations, implications of those statements. Yeah, all right, bring it there. Cool, thank you. Teachings about what? Personal morality. Thank you. So, personal, how are you going with that? Obviously pretty well. <laughs> See, Jesus came not to abolish the law, but apparently to make it even tougher. To make it even more demanding. Jesus lists some of the big commandments. What was it? What was the first one? Remember? You shall not kill. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not swear falsely. And if that was all there was, actually it'd make for pretty dull preaching, wouldn't it? Yes, of course, the disciples would say, come on, Jesus, we've heard all this before. We know that's what God wants for us to do, you know, but then Jesus goes on to breathe new life into those commandments by explaining what they mean in their fullness. You see, he goes to the very heart of the matter. Jesus explains what they mean if we are to love as God loves. Because the Lord tells us what's in God's heart for his people. The law exposes God's fondest desires of how his people are to live for one another. You get it? You see, the law also exposes a difference between our hearts and God's heart. So it's not only giving us an, a, a picture of what God's love for us is and his heart for us as his people are about to live with one another, it exposes also the difference between his heart, though, and ours. Listening to our hearts gives us a diagnosis. God listens to our hearts and knows that even if we can keep a command like not to kill one another, we still hate and despise others. We're killing, to, we're willing to kill relationships with others, to treat others as, as if they are as good as dead to us. God listens to our hearts and knows that even if we can keep a command not to commit adultery, we still can disrespect others by treating them as less than fully human. God listens to our hearts and knows that even if we can keep from swearing falsely, 
we are still willing to manipulate others with our words to lead others astray by what we say let our words be meaningless rather than let our yes mean yes and our no mean no you see our hearts they were made in the image of God do not keep in time with the beating of God's heart while well, God's heart sings out a love song begun in creation is sung to us every day by the way our hearts so often fall short the diagnosis is well our hearts are rather unhealthy why because they're disobedient to God they're disrespectful to God they dishonour God because that's what sin is disobeying, dishonouring, displeasing God and so in God's mercy God gives us the law you get, you get starting get a picture of God's heart here right? and this law will not let our hearts fall short of loving as God would have us love it's a law that would have us love in a way that respects the dignity of every human being and reflected elsewhere in the scriptures and it's a law that ultimately convicts us because what it demands of us guess what I can't achieve and here we go again the law shows us God's love <laughs> uh, for when he shows me my failings Holy Spirit comes who lives in me and highlights how we're called I'm called by Jesus to come to him to come to my merciful God You ever heard of my mate St. Augustine? You heard about him before? He's a bit more like my, my mate Luther. You know, you heard about him too? Anyway, St. Augustine says, The law was given for this purpose, to make you, being great, little, to show that you do not have in yourself the strength to attain righteousness, and for you, thus helpless, unworthy, and destitute, to flee to grace. The grace of God is there offered for you and me to be received with what? Open hearts. Because it comes from the heart of God. I'm not sure about you, but all this kind of talk about keeping the law, how we fail to keep it brings, well, to me, a sense of sadness. But then, when I reflect on this in the light of God's word, I come to realise that it's a holy sadness. You get that? It's a holy sadness because when then I sense my sin and I acknowledge it, I come to see it as God's key to the door to his mercy. And Holy Spirit draws me to that. God's heart is rich, is a rich treasure house of mercy. But discovering our failures to love as God loves is not a cause for despair. It's actually the opposite. No, it's a call back to him, to God. It's a call into the arms of Jesus who loves, forgives, strengthens us and then sends us out to love again. It bids us to love more fully, more perfectly because although showing perfect love is impossible for us, although that's my greatest desire, guess what? Nothing's impossible with God. What does Paul say in Philippians 4? You should all know this off by heart. 
verse, four, third, verse 13 of chapter 4, what does it say? I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. The sound of our hearts, the sound of God's heart, yes, they're different. But they're meant to sing the same song. So we are given the law that we might know more completely how to love. That's the point of the law. It's actually a blessing to us. It's a gift. And when, yeah, we fail, actually we're given the key to God's heart. Jesus, Holy Spirit, at work. You see, God's heart is the key to the vast treasure of God's mercy that stands ready for us to receive and use over and over and over again. See, the key to the heart, to a heart that offers us true joy, true love, true grace, true mercy, true forgiveness, is all because our God is a God of love, and in that, you can be sure. Dead sure. Alive sure. For it comes to us. Who? How? Through Jesus. And through the work and the power of Holy Spirit for us to give to others. Because Jesus lives in you. Holy Spirit lives in you. When did you receive Jesus as one with him and you, he with you? When did that happen? When did you receive Holy Spirit in a new way? You received him before him because you were created in the image of Father, Son and Holy Spirit anyway. But you received Holy Spirit again in a, in a vibrant new way. When was that? When you dunked, you know, you got water splashed on you or you got dunked and raised out of the water. That's when Jesus is alive in you, Holy Spirit's alive in you, and you're meant to call on him every day. Remember, Luther said, remember your baptism every morning that you wake up and give thanks to God for the new day, but remember what you received in your baptism. And then you call on Holy Spirit to refresh you, to infill you again afresh with his presence and with his gifts. And what are his gifts? A word of knowledge, a word of wisdom, Discerning of spirits, faith, healing, miracles, prophecy, tongues, interpretation of tongues. That's his gifts given to you every day. Call on him to give you those gifts because then what happens? Holy Spirit helps you to use those gifts to live out the fruit, which is actually the God of love. Giving you what? Love. It starts with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Actually, the easiest way to remember them is the three, three, three. Three single-syllable syllable words, love, joy, peace. Two-syllable words. What was the next one? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. And then three-syllable words. What was the next one? Gentleness, faithfulness, and what? Oh, that's two words. Sorry, but yeah, you know what I mean. Okay? It comes to us in and through Jesus, through the work and power of Holy Spirit. And we're meant to give this love of God and this joy and this peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control to others. I don't know about you, isn't that exciting to know that even the law of God is meant to highlight this for our lives, not to condemn us, never to condemn us, but to point us in the right direction on two ways. To live that way with others and to show God's love and mercy and grace and forgiveness to others, 
And then when we recognise we don't fulfil that all the time, we run to Jesus. Holy Spirit leads us to Jesus where we receive forgiveness. We're reminded that we have life with the Father, Abba Father. And that we have salvation. And in actual fact, what this is all about is living out the salvation Jesus won for us on the cross and the victory of his resurrection. I don't know, does that make you excited? That you live with the heart of God? Hey, you know the heartbeat of God? My prayer is that you grow in the knowledge of what that heartbeat is for you. That every day you're blessed with. And, may I, and the peace of God, which surpasses all our human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Jesus by the work and power of Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.